Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Okay, can I have a couple of volunteers? But I need sort of children that are sort of around the age of 10 to 13. Okay, where's Holly? You don't get to volunteer. <laughs> can I have my, the slides go up a little bit, please? Okay, I need another volunteer. Can you come? Come on. Okay. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You are going to help me a little bit. Guys, can I, is, can I get it up? Here we go. You're going to grab this for me. And all you have to do is answer a couple of little questions, nothing too difficult. And I need this. We're going to start with a story. And every story starts with a hero or heroine. So, Holly, you're going to be the heroine. Okay, we've spent hours practicing this, by the way. Okay. Okay, let's have the next slide. Okay, well, let me try and do the next slide. There we go. So, once upon a time, every good story begins with once upon a time. Hey. Yeah, okay. So you can see there's our hero, Holly. Okay, she hasn't got a balloon right now. Okay, it was a dark and stormy night. Now, Holly is sleeping on the bed. Sorry, Holly, it's a bit... At home, we do have a softer mattress, but we do have bread and water only. So down you go, sweetie. <laughs> okay, so it was a dark and stormy night. Okay, you guys, you're going to help me. You're going to tell me what you think's happening. Okay, so what happened? Look at that sign. What do you think that sign means? There was light. There was no, there was an alarm. Okay. Just put the mic a bit high. high. You come, come stand here forward. Then you can see what's happening. Okay. So there was an alarm went off. The wind was blowing. There was thunder and lightning. And Holly, what happened to her? Just have a look at the picture. What do you she think? Got surprised. She got surprised. Okay. Well, in this case, she got probably a bit more scared than surprised. But Okay, we, we're going to get through this thing together. Okay, so what do you think the question mark means? What do you think the question mark means? Um, she's curious what happened. Curious what happens. Okay, in this case, she's wondering what she should do when she is scared. Okay, so she decides what, what's happening. What do you think she's doing? Running. Okay, running. Next one. Where, what, and what does that sign mean? Okay. Running and? Fast. Okay. Okay. We'll get there. Um, work with me, guys. It's time. Okay, she's running to someone. Who do you think she's running to? If you were scared at night, where would you go? I know I'm putting you on the spot, you're doing really well. Where would you go at night and you're scared and you're in your bed at night? I would go to my mom. You'd go to your mom? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So Holly, come, come, come. You can run to your, run to your, in this case it's your dad. Okay. 
Yeah, that's a little faster than that, but that's okay. We'll, we'll work with it. Okay, why would you run to your mom or your dad? Because they comfort you when you're scared. They comfort you when you're scared. Okay, why would you run to your dad? <laughs> okay, don't answer. <laughs> okay, so yes, they're comforting. So then, how do you feel when you're with your dad and your mom? Safe and happy. Safe and happy. Okay, excellent. Then, so it's dark and there's load shedding. Dad picks out a lamp. I'm not going to light it now. This is a safe environment. Okay. And he sends you back off to bed. There we go. With a light. And how do you feel? Okay, how do you feel? <laughs> you got the mic. Okay. I would feel happier. Okay. And you? I would feel calm. Calm and happy. Well done, guys. <laughs> okay, that's it. Well done. Thank you, girls. Thank you, Holly. Well done, Holly, for volunteering. <laughs> okay, so... There's a, so what actually happened? Well, what I tried to do and what happened were two different things, of course. <laughs> but Holly woke up and something wasn't right. Okay, that was the first thing. There's something not right. She's not right in her spirit. She's scared. Things are not going. There's something just not right. She went as quickly as possible to someone who can, she trusts and who loves her. So that's the first thing. What should I do? I woke up. I'm alone. There's funny noises in the night. Ah, I'll go to mom or dad because they will know what to do. They'll look after me. The parents comforted Holly, gave her some light in the middle of the load shedding because it was very dark, sent them back to bed with the light. And they felt secure. And things weren't nearly as bad as they thought they were. And Holly knows that if anything goes wrong, she can go back to the parents because dad and mom will be there to comfort them or the caregiver in the house. So our hero, Holly, made a plan, but she just didn't make a plan. She also took active steps to make the plan happen. She actually got up, went to dad and mom, received from them comfort, a light, and then felt empowered enough and comfortable enough to be able to handle the situation, knowing that dad and mom are still there. Okay, are you guys with me? Okay. So, I spent hours preparing, and then I threw everything away and started again. Um, and it sometimes goes like that. And I threw it away because I came across this particular verse, or someone spoke this over me during the week. <laughs> A light on my path. Psalm 119. 108, 4 and 108. I gain understanding from your precepts, your laws. I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Um, I want to focus on that. And I've taken an oath and confirmed it. I will follow your laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the winning praise of my mouth. 
and teach me your laws. So this is a very interesting verse in many ways. Okay. So the person David speaking here or writing here is talking about direction in life. So there are many different paths that stretch out in front of us. We can go to the left, we can go to the right. How do I make a decision? Oh, I can stay where I am. So you've got a couple of decisions. I can stay with the situation as it stands, or something has to change or can change. If I don't move, nothing will change, or things might just get worse. But where do I go and what do I do? And David says here that it's the Word of God that lights up. Now a lamp. Where's Holly? Where's my lamp? Here we go. So this lamp, okay, it's not that bright, but what does it do? How far do you think this lights up? Okay, far enough to walk. I can't see if this, I was going to black out all the lights, but decided against it. Um, If I had to switch off all the lights and this was nighttime, I would probably only be able to see to the end of the stage. But at least I would be able to use this light to get down the stage and off the stairs. So this light doesn't, give me, doesn't show me the whole picture, but it gives me the short term, this is where you go. Or it gives me direction for the short term. And it's the Word of God that is guiding the author in this case. So the Word of God is showing him, for the short term, this is what you can do according to the Word of God. And the author is talking about the fact that he has suffered, that that, that life is not that rosy, but through obedience, I will follow your laws. He has a sense of direction through the word of God. Now, there are a couple of people who I want to just quickly highlight, and I'm not going to go into them in too much detail, but the Old Testament examples of someone waking up to the realization that everything is not fantastic at home. And that something needs to change. And I'm just going to talk you through them. Esther, and you had Mordecai as well. So you had Esther in a situation where strategy needed to be done. Because Israel, there was a decree by Xerxes that they could wipe out the Jews. And her um, uncle, in this case, made a, uh, uh, um, she was adopted, actually, um, put a strategy together, and because of God's favor in that situation, and because she was brave enough and had the courage to take a couple of steps, the whole fate of Israel changed through Esther. She had that courage. So there was a time of darkness. She just had a couple of steps that she was going to follow, and she took them in boldness and courage. You had Ruth. Ruth and Naomi. Naomi, um, Naomi, they were both had lost their husbands. Naomi was uh, Jewish. She returned back, and Ruth wasn't Jewish, but she followed her um, mother-in-law. That's a, if you tested with mother-in-law relationships, here we go. Okay, there's a good book you can read. Um, but Naomi had a strategy around her relationship with Boaz, and she gave Ruth some short-term instructions. Do this, do this, do this, do this. And through that, Ruth directly affected the lineage of Jesus, being in that lineage. We know the story is that Boaz married Ruth. 
through this. But someone had to do something. And Ruth had the courage to follow instructions or to take steps to change her circumstances in obedience. And it wasn't easy going. The sacrifices were made on the way. There was a lot of faith involved and courage. But she took the steps. Joshua. We can go on for Joshua forever. But Joshua followed godly strategy. Um, and it was through faith. You know, God actually gave him the strategy, and he obeyed that strategy, and we saw Jericho walls collapse. I'm not going to go into it in too much more detail. David, David faces Goliath. David gets to the camp, bringing a lunch back for his brothers, and he sees this giant over there, and he is offended. How can this giant stand over Israel? God gave us this land. There's something wrong. I will sort it out. And the rest is history. David goes to, to Saul, tells Saul that he's going to fight the giant, goes and gets his five stones and takes out Goliath. And I've added Jonathan here. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Now, 1 Samuel 14, verse 6. Jonathan said to his young... So the Philistines have invaded Israel. Jonathan said to his armor-bearer, who carries his weapons, come on, let's go to the camp of these foreigners. Maybe the Lord will use us to defeat them. So there's something is wrong in the land. There's an enemy that has camped itself illegitimately in the nation. Saul is doing nothing. He's camped under a tree with 600 soldiers having a, a picnic. Jonathan sneaks off with his armor bearer. He is offended by what has taken place. Nothing can stop the Lord it doesn't matter that we have many soldiers. You know, we just have a few of us. There were only two of them against 30, I think it was, or 25. He could have been scared. He wasn't. He was offended righteously so. The righteous indignation. The young man who carried Jonathan's weapon said, I mean, kudos to the armor bearer. Eh? Yeah. Do what you think is best. There's another Caleb for you. Whatever you decide, I'm with you all the way. And the rest is history. They go up to the camp and they wipe it out. The entire Philistine encampment army panics. Saul finally wakes up and charges in at the last second and wipes out the Philistines. But there's some serious courage being displayed over there. And I'm going to go through some New Testament examples of what I'm talking about. Paul's mission trips, for example. Paul was on assignment by the Holy Spirit. And often you read different verses where Paul decides he's going to go to a certain place and the Holy Spirit will direct him elsewhere. Or Paul sees something, I'm going to share a verse just now, that offends him or is troubling his spirit and he decides it's not good enough. Something must be done about the status quo that has to change. The feeding of the Greek widows. There's something wrong. Things aren't all right. Someone wakes up to the fact that everything is not right, and they decide they're going to take action. They put a strategy together, and they implement the strategy to make it change. And Paul and Silas in prison, they're in prison. They start worshipping. God springs open the jail. There's revival in the jail through obedience and lack of fear. So Acts 17, verse 16, I just wanted to share a couple of these verses. 
While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was deeply troubled. So Paul is sitting there and something is not right in his spirit. When he realized the entire city was full of idols, he argued the claims of the gospel with the Jews in the synagogue and with those who were worshippers of God. And every day he preached in the public square to whoever would listen. So Paul sees that something is wrong. Inside his spirit is troubled. He's not going to wait for Steve to get out there and Donna to get out there to create revival. He is responding to something in his heart that God has called him to, to respond to, and he's obedient to it. And Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went to the city of Seleucia, and when they sailed from there to the island of, of Cyprus. And so you see them being led by the Holy Spirit in what they're doing. So they're not just making up their own plan as they go. In the New Testament, Holy Spirit led. Now we're talking about planning and having a plan. And obviously there's the great plan. And we're made in God's image. And we, here we see God speaking to us already. A scripture that many of you can quote off by heart. I suspect Jeremiah 29. And I always just add the first verse and the last verse for a little bit of context here. So the people are about to be taken off as exiles. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise. So God always sticks to his word to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you a hope and a future. God has plans for you. And those are good plans because God is good. And they're plans around prosperity. And so God is a planner. And we're made in his image. He doesn't just sit with the status quo and let the world rot. So God has put things in place. And the greatest plan of all was that you and I would be saved. He has saved us, 1, 2 Timothy 1, 9 to 11, and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. It was his purpose that you would be sitting here today. It is his purpose that you would be saved. God had a plan, and you were central to that plan. The grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So God is a long-term planner. Before time began, he actually had this thing, all, he had a plan in place that you would be saved. But has now been revealed through the appearing of Savior Christ Jesus, who destroyed death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. So where am I going with this? And it's a shorter service today, so I'm going to... But what we see from these scriptures is that, that sometimes there are people that get stuck in mud. There are circumstances, and I will go into that a little bit. But they're waiting for something to happen. Okay. Now you look at the, Holly, the hero of our story... There was darkness. There was load shedding. Holly didn't panic. She know, knew just where to go to. She went to her father or her daddy. And sometimes we sit in darkness, but we don't move. We say, things will get better. Or we pray to God. We don't go to Him. There's a difference. We, crawl, we cry out to the Lord, and it's not wrong to cry out to the Lord. 
But it's another thing is to actively pursue him, to get up, go and find God in the situation. There's a subtle difference in it. And using the scriptures for revelation to see where the next step in the path lies. If we look at a 2020 vision for the church, we've got intimacy at its core. And we've got missions, community, and serving. What has God called you to, and what is God laying on your heart in terms of the serving community missions and intimacy? You will never know unless you actively seek God in this area. You can come to church every Sunday, and life will go on, but you will not move forward unless you see something that troubles your heart, you prepare to do something about it, Fear doesn't come into the equation here. When David took on a giant, we actually did this in our life group the other day. The giant was about 2.2 meters high, so he was a bit higher than me, and um, higher on the ground. You know, we're talking big. He's, uh, I think his spear weighed 50 kilograms, 54 kilograms. Now, that's quite a big spear. And David wasn't overly intimidated by this guy. He was offended that this Philistine would dare take on the armies of... And that... He's... he's, he's, um, he's uh, being upset with the situation was higher than his fear. There was no fear. It didn't come into it. Jonathan. I mean, there are two of them. We're going to take on 25 guys in a fortified outpost. There was no fear there because they were offended and their offense on God's behalf what higher than any fear that could come into it. They are a part of the army of God. This is wrong. This is wrong. We can speak the same about viruses and all these sort of things. It is wrong. And this has got no right to be here. And fear transfers across to the other party. So when Jonathan attacked the camp, the fear went across to the other side, and they were routed. The fear wasn't sitting with these two little guys taking on 25. The fear went to the opposing camp. In Jericho, the city fell well before the walls, the walls collapsed. When Rahab went in there, fear was already in the city. Rahab tells the story, guys, we have heard about what God is doing and there is fear here. Please save me. Fear had already transferred across. So the attackers, the aggressors had come in in authority, had already claimed the land well before the walls collapsed. The battle was already won. In, it is through him that we live and function and have our identities. Intimacy is core, because it is within him everything functions. All the plans that you have. If Christ is central, those plans align with what God is doing. I've just chucked this goal wheel up here. This actually came from a Christian guy. I, thought, oh, I, can't, I just should have written his name down. I forgot. But there are different areas. Again, you see spiritual is a separate thing. I don't want to get sucked into that, but there, are, there could be different areas of your life. And some of them you feel that you're on top of, and others you feel you're in a dark place. Maybe in terms of relationships, things are not where they should be. And there are relationships that are suffering or that are in a place of darkness. Maybe you're battling financially. Maybe you've got health issues, mental anxiety. Maybe you're struggling in terms of your work or in terms of your intimacy with, with God, in terms of your relationship. But we are holistic beings, and God is central to our core. 
So yes, Jesus is the center of all of that. And we have, I don't like to compartmentalize. But there we do. Many of us have, have we, we work for a living. Maybe we're studying further or at school and we're battling with our school subjects. But we can sit and do nothing. Or we can take a couple of steps to change the situation without fear and with boldness and courage. So I've written them. I hope that you can see this. But just in closing, a few steps forward. So what I'm asking you to do is to identify those areas in your life, be it financial, health-wise, maybe in your schoolwork, or whatever it is, relationships that you're battling with. But something is wrong. It is not right that I live like this. It is not right that this relationship is broken. It is not right that I'm so deep in debt I can't pay the bills. It is not right. Something is wrong here. God is not happy with this situation. You are not called to this. You are called to prosperity. We are called to live as victorious children. We are the heirs of God. Your identity is central to everything. It is not right that this situation exists. David, Jonathan, Joshua, it is not right that this happens. You'll see this. They were men after God's own heart. And this is what being after God's own It is not right that this virus destroys the world. It is not right. They get offended on God's behalf. God is with me and he's for me. Their identity is secure. All of these people in the Bible, Rahab included, they knew who God was and who they were in relationship to God. The Holy Spirit is in me and has given me power and authority. And you see the difference between the Old and New Testament is that now Paul is being led by the Holy Spirit in the work that he is doing. We have the same Spirit that dwells within us. And that Spirit, and you see Paul said, it's not right in my spirit that this city is full of idols. And he was going to do something about it. Being led by the Holy Spirit. Jonathan's words, nothing can stop the Lord. What an amazing scripture. Nothing can stop the Lord. Nothing can stop the Lord. You can print that out and stick it on your fridge. God is inviting me to be a part of this resolution of this situation. So I am not someone who sits and watches life go by. If the Lord is speaking to you, it's an open invitation to be part of the solution. When David rocks up to the battlefield, it wasn't right. I'm going to put my hand up here. I need to be part of the solution. When Jonathan sees this camp and Saul is camped under a tree where he's having a picnic, he says, no, man, <laughs> someone's got to do something. If God is for me and he cannot be defeated, well, we're going to go and wrath these guys. And that's what he did. So God is inviting you, and let's be careful here. God is not calling you to everything. Okay, I need to be very, very clear here. The temptation is to now do everything. Okay, that is not obedience. Okay, listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying to you personally and obeying that is what's important because we can be caught on a hundred different things. Some of them are not the good thing or the right thing at the time. And so you have to be discerning in what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. I know who I am. 
identity. If you're going to be victorious, you need to know that you're already victorious. And God is for me. So your identity is key to this. I know who I am. I'm a child of God. Don't come here with your nonsense. So what is the one small thing that I can do to take... So the light lights up your next step. You don't need to see the end road. When God called Abraham, he didn't say to Abraham, I'm taking you to 40 degrees west, 25 degrees east, whatever the situation is. He says to Abraham, I will take you to a land that I will show you, but pack everything up and get going. Once he was moving, then God started taking him and leading him to the promised land. But God not, did not give him the map. Here is a map on the sand and a finger came from heaven. You will end up there. There's the promised land. Didn't work out like that. God said, pack up, get going. I will show you where to go. So if you're camped and you're stuck in a place, a swamp, or wherever you are stuck, you've got to pack your bags and be prepared to do one or two things. So what are the one or two things? And the first thing, obviously, is you need to get to the Scriptures, inquire of the Lord. You know, we've talked about it. So, so the story, as it ends, you know, we're going back to the story. God said that the, the kingdom belongs to little children, such as these. Why do you think he said that? Why do you think that Jesus said that? It's because children know where to go when things go rough and south. They run to their father or their mother. They know that where their guiding light will come from, who will comfort them. Sometimes we grow up as adults. We think we can solve everything ourselves. Okay, we're not called to live like that. We're called to be in intimacy with God in this area. Okay, so I'm going to close there. And what I'm going to do is I'd like us to just pray in this particular area. So, um, I'm not going to, I think let's just, all, all of us just stand and we're just going to trust. And just remember, we've got the baptism afterwards and I really would like to encourage all of you to just partake in that with us. But we're going to pray into this area because we are not victims of this world. And you might not have the answers in front of you in the short term, but God does. And what we're going to do is we're going to trust that you have the courage to not let fear get in the way. This giant that sits in the land that taunts you. We're going to take authority over that thing. Fear has no place here in the name of Jesus. So, Father, let's just pray. We give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you have given your word as a light to our feet. Lord, and I pray that scriptures would supernaturally download into the hearts and minds of everyone here that is struggling in a specific area. Your desire, divine revelation would fall into their, into, their, into their minds and they would stand in authority on the scriptures that you have given them. Whatever area, be health, be it financial, be it relationship areas, Lord God, I pray that fear would not be a barrier, that doing nothing would be overcome and that they would have the courage to take a step forward with the light that you have given. Holy Spirit, we just pray 
for peace in the name of Jesus in this situation. You have not given us the spirit of fear, Lord God, but a spirit of sound mind and a boldness and courage. And Lord, I just thank you for every single person here that is a, you have your plans and your purposes for them. They would step fully into those plans and purposes. Lord, we just pray for those that have not made a commitment to you, Lord, that are walking in darkness. Their eyes would be opened, Lord, and that they would come to you. And Lord, in our spheres of influence, where we see the Lord laying, Holy Spirit, you lay someone on our lives, I pray we would have the courage to speak into that situation and bring a word to them as well. So, Father, I give you thanks for every single precious person here today. They may go with peace and stand in victory. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Amen.